Well, it's great to see you this morning. Turn with me into your Bible this morning into the book of James is where we're going to start. You can just get your place ready. But today's episode, six points at 6 a.m., we're going to be talking about honor's reward, the rewards of honor. What do you get from honor when it's due unto God and you do your part with it? Honor's reward. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We give you all the praise, glory, and honor. We thank you for all that you have done for us, all that you are doing for us, and all that you will do for us. We thank you in faith for it. We're confident now. In the meantime, even in the midst of things aren't that don't look like they are going in the direction that we want them to go, even if things don't look right around us, we thank you in faith. We're confident, confident towards you in faith. And we thank you, Lord, that you're a faithful God. You're a good God to us. I speak over every person listening under the sound of my voice, that your goodness will show in their life. I thank you, Lord, that you're a faithful God to every person listening, that the problems, that the issues, the things going on in their life would begin to work out today, that things would begin to see a path clearly to the end. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Well, I hope you're blessed this morning. Open your notebook, grab a notepad, grab a Bible, and even grab a cup of coffee. It's early in the morning. I've got a nice cup of water here. But it is a great morning to study the word together, and I'm glad to be with you. Today's episode is going to bless you. Be sure to subscribe on the YouTube channel if you haven't. Share this on Facebook or on Instagram, whatever page or platform, social media platform that you're a part of to get the word out to others. It would be wonderful. So today's episode, like I said, honors reward. This is going to be a blessing to you. Let's jump into it. James chapter one. Turn with me there. Point number one, God is a rewarding God. I want to establish this before we get too deep into some of the teaching, but I want to get this point across that God is a rewarding God. God's not an evil God. God's a just God, a fair God. A good analogy of how I'd like to portray this would be like a principal of a school. And I don't want to go back to any flashbacks that you might have of a principal that you had, whether they, he or she was corrupt or did bad or good things. But I want you to think of the concept of it is the principal or a teacher in a school, though they have the interest of the student in mind and they give to the student what's due to the student, the grade, the, uh, uh, when they show respect, they're given respect back, but that teacher will, uh, or the principal will discipline the child or the student as necessary based on their performance. So God's not a, God is not looking to judge people, or but he is a God of his word, and he does what he says he's going to do. So he's a just God. And just as much as he's just on the judgment side of things and the fairness side of things, he's going to do the same thing on the side of reward and rewarding you. So let's look at this in James chapter 1. Go to verse 17 with me. We can start in 16. Be not deceived. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth that he might be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. Uh, but going back to verse 17, every, say that out loud, every good, every good gift, every perfect gift is from above. So there's nothing in life, not a single thing in life that's good or perfect in your life that does not come from God. If it's good and it's perfect, I mean it's reached its p- 
potential. It's a good gift. It's a perfect gift. And that's what that word perfect translates out of in the Greek is it's a matured or reached its fullness. Gift is from God. It's not from the devil. It's not from mistakes. It's not because you, you, because of karma. It's not because of your good luck and fortune. It's because we have a good and faithful God. That's a, a baseline establishing thing. God is a good God. He rewards and he is a rewarder. Uh, quickly turn into Hebrews 11 and 6. We'll establish this as, as well. One book back in the Bible, just a couple pages back. Hebrews 11, 6 says, uh, uh, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe a few things about him, must believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He is a what? A rewarder of those. So God rewards. God is a good God and a faithful God. I can go to one more scripture in Psalms 57 and 2. The Amplified, I'll read it out of the New King James, but the Amplified, I'll tell you what the Amplified says once I get to it. But in Psalm 57, the 57th Psalm in the second verse says this, I will cry out to God, to God most high, to God who performs all things for me. And the Amplified says, and rewards me, who performs all things for me or rewards me. So God's a good God. He, there is some, um, there is some things that he's done that's not been rewarding to people, but they have received based on what they've done. So it's not that God only rewards but God is a good God and he's just, he's fair, but he, it doesn't mean that that's the only thing he does. That's why I use the analogy of a principal principal could be a wonderful or a teacher can be a wonderful friend and, um, and someone to look up to and, and have a, a beautiful side to them. But then there can be a very disciplined, uh, strict side to them because of the acts of how somebody responds. And that's the reason that you see that side of God. God has a, uh, a side to him that is, uh, the Bible says he's a jealous God. He, he's all love. There's no hate in God. There's no evil in God. There's no variation of God changing one way or another. God is true love and it's fair love. That love is bestowed on you based on his word and what he has said. And that's who our God truly is. And he rewards people. He's a rewarder based on you, what you do. That's so good to know, but it's good to know that he is a rewarder. He will reward you and give to you. It's what our Bible establishes. And in the mouth of two or three witnesses, we can see and understand that that's who our God is. Point number two. So point number one is God is a rewarding God. Point number two, reward receiving is up to you and me, not God. Write that down. Point number two, reward receiving, or we could say, say it better. Receiving rewards are up to you and to me not to God. Turn to second John and eight, second John and eight. So we got first John, second John, there's only one chapter, second John chapter one, verse eight. We can start in verse seven for many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh. This is the deceiver in the antichrist. Verse eight, look to yourselves that we do not lose those things which we worked for, but that we may receive a full reward. He doesn't say look to God, but look unto yourself that we don't lose, what because we're promised a reward. 
Oh, come on. This is going to be good for you today. I want to encourage you. You're promised a reward. You are promised good things. You're promised. Don't get discouraged. Don't get down based on circumstances around you. I don't want to get too far off topic here. I want to stay on our six points here. But hey, what does the Bible tell us to look at? Look at things that are seen and everything that's around you. No, the Bible tells us to don't look upon what's seen. Those are temporary things. Put your eyes, put your spiritual eyes on what you can't physically see around you right now. You have to see in the invisible realm to have the hope and the promise of what God has for you. Because if you just look at what's around you, I would be discouraged too. Sometimes, not every time, but sometimes I'll be discouraged too if I only am looking at what's around me. Because if that's the only time you're going to be happy, you can't possibly be in faith because the, the, the rewards of what you have presently, there's far more, more exceeding, more exceeding rewards promised for you in the, this life and the life to come. So reward receiving is not up to you and me. Uh, it's, uh, or it is up to you and me. It's not up to God. God's going to reward. He's going to do what he says he's going to do. Remember what it says in James one, don't be deceived. Don't be confused about this. Who our God is. God is faithful. He'll do exactly what he says he's going to do. He doesn't backpedal. He doesn't go different directions because of one day he feels a certain way. Does that remind you of anybody? You know, you wake up one day and you feel a little different today, so I'm going to act a little different today. No, no, no. God acts the same. He's the same yesterday, today, forever. But he rewards based on you and based on me. Uh, turn into also back one page here, First John chapter 5 and 2. By this we know, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. Uh, verse three, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So how do we know? How does God know what what's what makes him aware of our commitment to him is based on our faith, based on our ability to follow his directions and what he says to do. I want to give you some refreshers on honor real quick. Honor is a, uh, uh, the way to honor, the way, the direction to honor is high levels of attention, paying high levels of attention to detail. This is what honor does. It could be anything, but you know, there's different areas we can direct honor, but how you honor certain things directly correlates to how you honor God. It's easy for people to say a lot of times, uh, um, I honor God because, you know, in my private time, nobody knows my relationship with God. And, and there's, there's an element of a private relationship between you and God. Totally understand that. Just like there is with a marriage. But there's also a public side to a marriage. And there's also a public side to your relationship with God. And God does not separate the two. He doesn't say you have a personal relationship with me, but in public and around people, you know, you can act a certain way or differently. No, no, no. Honor carries itself everywhere it goes. You might want to write that down. That's a good note. Honor carries itself everywhere it goes. So when you're in public, when you're in private, you, you either are an honorable person or you're not. And honorable, and, and, and it can change. I don't want to, I'm, not, I'm not demeaning you, and I'm not saying that you can't get to becoming an honorable person. But honor and being an honorable person takes high levels of attention. 
it's on being an honorable person doesn't come from just every once in a while thinking about it and you know half you know don't want to use any foul language but you know that term half butting it or giving half effort to things that's that's not honorable honor pays high levels of attention to detail i'm not saying you're perfect and you do things better than everybody but you give your best and you pay attention the most to things that deserve honor that's what honor does so god's commandments when they're given to you you obeying those commandments shows your attention to them your high level of attention to those and shows your love to god is what it says here in second in first uh, john he says you Show your love to God by you doing things that he tells you to do. So point number two or point number. Yeah. Point number two rewards or receiving rewards is up to you and to me is not up to God. Point number three, honor has protection within it. Honor has protection. Turn to Genesis 15 and one. Did you know that there's protection within honor within staying in the confines of honor? I want to tell you about our man, Abraham here before Abraham was even blessed. He was a blessed man his whole life. Uh, his family had uh, was very obedient to God in a lot of things that they did. But um, Abraham showed his commitment and his honor to God in a lot of the things that he did as God spoke to him. You know, and earlier in his life, he did do some things. If you study out Abram's life before he was Abraham, Abram's life, as God called him, God actually called him twice. He called him one time when he was in another city. His family moved and then God called him again. And at that point he listened. So there was some, you know, hard headedness going on with Abram and Abram was a liar. There was multiple times got that Abraham was caught lying to people for, for, you know, had good intentions, but you know, a lie is a lie. I don't care if there's good intentions or not. A lie is a lie. You're, you're, there's, a, there's a heart issue there if you have to lie about something. But Abram says, hey, my, uh, my, this is not my, my wife. This is my sister. I don't want to get into all that. But, but my point is Abram wasn't a flawless individual. But one thing that he was recognized for was his respect and admiration and attention to details with God. He paid attention to God. He wanted to, to be close to God. And every time God called on Abraham and said, Abram, do this, do this, do this, do this. There was responsiveness to that, to what God told him. And then he showed his reverence to him. He would build God an altar. He would sacrifice something to God. There was obedience in correlation, or, or rather there was attention to details with, with uh, correlated within his obedience. Does that make sense? There was, uh, there was, uh, he, he did things above and beyond just being obedient. He did things to show God his attention to detail. So listen to this in Genesis uh, chapter. Uh, well, actually, I'm saying I said Genesis 15 one, but go back a couple verses into 14. So you we can get to where this context is. Verse 22. So Genesis 14 and 22. But Abram said to king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord God most high the possessor of heaven and earth that I will take. So I've I've made a covenant. I've raised my, I've made a commitment to my God. This is what some of you need to do that. You need to take private time with God, you and God get real with God. Say, God, I'm taking an oath to you now. Now, before you do this, be very critical and serious with yourself and with God. When you do this and count the cost, what is this going to cost me to be able to live this lifestyle, to back up this oath that I'm giving to God? 
But some of you need to do what Abraham has done and say, I'm raising my hand to God and saying, God, I'm anything that I do, I do with the intention of honoring and glorifying you in what I do. So now listen to this. He says, I've raised my hand to God, to the Lord, God, most high, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will take nothing from a thread to sandal to a sandal strap from a thread to a sandal strap that I will not take anything that is that is yours, lest you should say I've made Abram rich, except only what the young men have eaten and the portion of the men who have went with me, Enor, Eskel, Mamer, and let them take their portion. Now get into chapter 15, next verse, verse 1. After these things. So, so he's saying, I'm not taking anything. I want the recognition from God, and I want people to know about my God, not you. I want, and, and there's nothing against King of Salem. He respected King of Salem. Uh, the Bible says that um, there was tithe and offerings given to, to Melchizedek, the high priest. Abram was a respectful person of people. There was honor showed to those people. But watch how God responds to his honor of who God is. He says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, Abram, do not be afraid. I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. So we've already established God's a rewarder. But he says he adds something to Abram here. He says, I'm your shield and exceeding great reward. So I'm going to protect you. I'm going to keep you safe. And we see that throughout Abram's life, turning into Abraham. We see him saved. He doesn't, he doesn't live a short life. He's not uh, cut short because of wars and famines. He's taken care of through his life, not only because God rewards him, but God protects him through these things. So point number three, honor has protection to it. Rewards and protection, not just rewards and benefits, but protection within the rewards. Number four, honor affects how much you get from God. Write that down, point number four. Honor affects how much you get from God. Turn to Matthew chapter 13. Oh, Dylan, I don't know about that. God's a fair God. He gives every, everybody equally. That's not true. Not because God's not fair, but because that's just not how fairness operates. God is a fair God. God's a just God. God only operates by his word. He will not operate outside of what he has said he's going to do. So you can't just put it on him that he's going to equally distribute to every person. That's not the case at all. Let me show you why. Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. Jump down to verse 53. Now it came to pass when Jesus had finished these parables, then he departed from there. And when he had come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is this is not his mother called Mary? Is not his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? And his sisters are not they all with us? Where did this man get all these things? So they were offended at him. Showed no honor. Say offended person shows no honor. Write that down. An offended person shows no honor. But Jesus said to them, well, let me pause there for a second. I want to deal with that. An offended person shows no honor. You can't be honorable in offense. It's impossible. You cannot. Be, why? Offense is a, an, a, the, the, a simple definition of offense. Our, our, my, actually, Pastor Kim, my pastor, did a, I don't know if she wrote a book or did a series on offense and, and taught a lot in it. But here's a simple explanation of offense. 
offense means it feels as it's a personal attack against you. It's personally attacking you. That's an offense. I'm offended. It's a personal attack. I feel I feel upset. I'm aggravated about this thing. But Jesus says to them about this. So you can't be in honor and be offended. It's impossible. The two are like, uh, it's like oil and water. They will not mix together. Offense and honor doesn't happen. And I'll tell you this now. If you're in offense in a certain way, figure out how to get out of it. I don't have a simple solution for you. There's, you know, put these three ingredients together, whisk them up in a bowl, and you've got clear. There's really no easy solution to it. I mean, here's the solution. Get out of it. Whatever you have to do to get out of offense. Get out of it. Do not stay within this offended state. It will ruin your life. It'll, it'll cause uh, devastation from protection. Rewards from heaven will be taken from you. Offense obliterates your ability to honor certain things. So continue on. But Jesus says to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, in his own house. Verse 58. Now he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. So honor or the lack thereof actually limits the ability of God and what he can do for you. Honor affects how much you get from God. Matthew 13 and 58. Honor, or it should say the lack thereof, because honor determines the amount that you can get from God because God can only reciprocate based on your participation in it. See, if God loved everybody, or God does love everybody, if God could just save everybody, wouldn't he? If, 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 if it was within the confines of his word, he already, see, this has been set up from years ago. He's already set the principles and precepts up, precepts up. It's impossible unless he were to go against his word, which we know is not good. He's not a man that he should lie and change his word. So he is bound by that word and he can't jump within uh, beyond that. So he has to reciprocate to us based on what we do, based on what we do. So number four, how Honor or the lack thereof affects how much you get from God. Number five, obedience. Obedience brings increase. Obedience brings increase. Or we could say honor. Turn with me into Luke chapter five. Quickly, we've got, we're running out of time very quickly. Turn to Luke chapter five. Like, like you're slowing me down or something. You know, you guys are slowing me down out there. So I've got to, I've got to hurry a little bit. I'm taking a lot of time. It's a powerful subject. In fact, I'll be on my podcast or I'll be on my pastor's podcast with him today. Um, we're discussing, I believe we're going down the path of honor. Uh, it's his call. I believe we are though. Um, Luke chapter five, verse four. And when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep. Now I'm paraphrasing the story. But he says, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered, said, Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when, when they had done this, when, so when Jesus spoke, it happened. Nope. When Jesus said, let down the nets, all the fish started jumping into the boats. No, it wasn't at Jesus's word. It was at their obedience to Jesus's word. It says, Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night, caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, 
when the action of obedience was taken, when they committed to doing what was told of them to do, obedience, honor, attention to detail, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. Now, there's a whole sermon within this by itself, but their nets were breaking at the abundance of the reward of the obedience because they paid attention to the commandment of their God, their commandment of their man of God. Jesus says to them, let down your nets. They're obedient reluctantly. They're still obedient and they do what they're told to do and there's a reward for it. There would have been more reward, but we'll get into that a different time if they were specifically more obedient to what God, Jesus has said, but we could talk about that another time. So number five is obedience slash honor brings increase to your life. Finally, number, uh, number six, six points at 6 a.m. This life and the life to come reaps rewards. Write that down. This life and the life to come reaps rewards. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And we're closing with this. 1 Corinthians 3. Um, Starting verse 12. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, straw, each one's works will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's works of what sort it is. And if anyone's work, which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. Now, without time to be able to do it, understand this, that there is the ability to reap reward in the life to come. See, when you get to the point where you've committed, I am going to do in this life what I have been called to do. I'm going to do everything. I'm not saying you're you're flawless and you don't mess up every once in a while. That's going to happen. You're a human. You have the human nature. There's an enemy against your soul, against your life. But when you make a commitment, I'm going to do the life that I'm, I'm going to live the life that I'm called to live. I'm going to go above and beyond. I'm going to repent and turn from things that I shouldn't be doing. I'm going to commit my life to God. You start to go beyond just what rewards I can get here and what God can do for me here. And you start to look to eternity and you say, God, what is there for eternity? Not just experiencing eternity with you but there's rewards in eternity for you. And he's going to judge based on what you've done now because there's nothing that you can do later to reap rewards later. So when you understand now the honor, the the attention to the details of what God tells me here and now have an effect on what's then, that's an investment in your future. See, but so many people are, are intoxicated with today's world that they can't even think beyond today. They're, they're not thinking about their eternal reward. They're only thinking about today. But this was six points at 6 a.m., honors reward. What a powerful series this has been talking about honor. You can go back on my playlist on YouTube and watch through all the different series about honor and familiarity and how to honor. What's the definition of honor? All those things are right on the website. So I hope this has blessed you. I love you. I'm thankful for you. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't. Subscribe to my newsletter. I hope those bless you. I go through these six points and you get a devotional each morning so you can go through some scriptures. I hope it helps you. It just helps you start your day with God. I love you so much. Thankful for you. See you tomorrow morning. And as as always, subscribe and share and like the post. And I'll talk to you on the next one. Be blessed. Bye-bye.